Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who is not sure how he's going to get home tonight, as it is cold, apparently, and that is enough to stop trains working. It's Richard Herring! Yo, 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 thank you very much. Yo, yo. Welcome, I'm pretty cool, I say yo. Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was playing Hungry Hippos the other day. That's not the cool bit. That's not cool. I was playing it with the bloke and the woman from off of the Mastermind box. Yeah. They're pretty cool, and they call her a holistopus. So I don't know if that's going to catch on. Uh, I'd just like to uh, apologise to... Because I don't know if you can see... I've got, like, a big spot on my, my nose. Can you see it? Yeah, it's, I know I mean, Mackenzie couldn't see it backstage either, but it's a bit, my nose is really sore, but I, my, it feels like I'm turning into, like... Uh, either an alcoholic or the Santa Claus is just starting to go. It could be. I think it's just a, an infection. Uh, so, but, you know, if it was a proper TV show, they'd cover that up and probably not bring, draw attention to it. So uh, the, uh, I've got my, uh, my game from... Oh, I did a gig. I've been gigging. I do, do my tour. It's chain.com slash gigs. Uh, oh, I'm 50. Uh, this uh, game features uh, in this. If you, We're going to do a Kickstarter for... Uh, for the, uh, for the DVD of uh, Over Again 50, and uh, this is one of the things you can get. We're going to s- slightly customise a few of these. Uh, it features in the show, it's called Penguin Race, uh, and, which is a misnomer, because uh, this is a single-track game. Uh, there's no overtaking involved in this at all. That's what it was. There we go. Whee! There we go. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's nice, isn't it? I was, I, tonight, I might just... The podcast might just be this... <laughs> But my daughter, my daughter has one of these, but she doesn't play with it properly. She stops it after the second time it's gone round and starts playing with the penguins individually. I'm going, play with it properly. I had to buy my own one because she doesn't play with it this properly. But uh, in Cardiff, I did, the, uh, did this routine about th- this, uh, this game, and it goes on quite a long time. But I've, I realised when I got to the, end of the very end of the show is a callback to this game. Uh, and it's quite an unusual line. The final line of the show, spoilers, is, don't worry, it's all a comedy contest. But I hadn't done the bit of the routine <laughs> that that was about. Uh, so everyone in Cardiff just went, one blow went, ha! And everyone else went, what? <laughs> it's been a really good show. So I thought I'd just explain to the people in Cardiff what they missed. Uh, if you are going to come and see the show, don't come and see it. So it's, it's, don't, uh, to, don't, do come and see it. Uh, <laughs> That was, a bad, that was bad marketing right there. Uh, don't just fast forward through this bit, as you do anyway. There's someone who's put the time that the interview starts on underneath. Uh, so uh, I, it's difficult to understand what this game is, right? It's a weird concept, but it explains on the, on the game what it is. It says, it says it here. It says, the small penguin of a group of likability. That's, that's what's going on there. It's the, the small penguin of a group of likability. It barely needed saying it. It's the small penguin... Of a group of like, but there's three penguins in it. They're all quite annoying, and they're all the same size. I don't know what's. And it's like these. It's a Chinese game, right? I think someone's clearly gone. Uh, should we get someone in English to come and help us translate what we're going to write on this packaging? Nah, mate. English and Chinese are based of the same language. Yes. Let's, let's, let's just take a run at it ourselves. I've got a Chinese English dictionary. What I want to say is a small group of likable penguins. Small penguin of a group of likability. That's what that's. <laughs> arrogant uh, but the guy on the other side uh, slightly preempted this uh, has got it down to three words what this game is it's the comedy contest that's, that's what's going on there the, uh, the comedy contest uh, C-O-M-I-T-Y the comedy contest that's what's it's the comedy contest that guy he's gone no I don't speak English uh, but 
I don't need the dictionary. I'm going to have a run at this myself. I'm pretty sure there's an English phrase, the comedy contest. I'm pretty sure that's... Let's just... Now, I don't need to check it. Just put that... I've been, I've been laughing at that guy for, for quite a long time. Uh, it's, uh, you know, comedy contest. Is it the comedy contest, the community contest, the vomity contest? But you're all laughing at me because comedy, of course, is a word, as you know. Comedy is the uh, uh, judicial decisions made by one court that have uh, an effect on the judicial decisions of another court. So that's the comedy contest. <laughs> it's the comedy contest there. Good. So that, if you were in Cardiff, that's more or less what you missed. <laughs> Uh, come see you elsewhere, I will do that. So look, we're going to crack straight on my guest this week. He's probably best known as the man from The Man Who Fell In Love With A Traffic Cone. That is why we're here tonight. Will you please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Mackenzie Crook! <laughs> welcome, sit down. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming along. God, if we get bored, you can play with the Penguin Race the game later on. Contest, yes. it's, it's nice. Uh, it's the comedy contest, Ruining Go. Um, what was the, the, it was the, one of your first roles, of course. It's hard to live up to the man who fell in love with the traffic cone, because that was the first thing you did. It was, so yeah. The high, what happened in the man who fell in love with the traffic cone? I, I, I remember cringing all the way through production. And, <laughs> and, you know, I've cringed every time I thought of it since, really. <laughs> and that's all I really remember. But it was... Yeah, a short film that I was sort of a Mr. Bean character. It doesn't get any funnier than the title. Okay. That was, that, that's, that's as much as you're going to get problem. out of it. But guy who, met, who found a traffic cone and then started a romantic relationship with okay. it. I think there was a scene in a bath. I was scrubbing its back. And, Ooh, is that, is that, yeah. Suddenly it's, like, it's piqued my interest. Yes. I'm gonna, it's on YouTube. <laughs> It sounds, Stuart Lee, a, it sounds like a Stuart Lee sketch. Stuart Lee had a sketch. One of the first sketches he wrote was about a man who falls in love with a chair. Right. But the joke is, he's talking to like a, an empty chair. You assume there's someone on it, and see, then it yeah. turns so out. That's a clever twist. Turns out it's a twist chair. on this one. Right? Yeah. This was just as it sounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's good. Uh, so um, uh, that's it. That's all I had for you. So uh, it's, time, it's time to go home now. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Uh, so um, I'm quite interested. There's a few, quite a few autobiographical things about you and your life that I'm quite interested in beyond your career. Okay. That you, as a, as a young man, you worked on a tobacco farm in Zimbabwe. Uh, I, I didn't work on it. That was my uncle's right. tobacco farm, yeah. So just through this sort of twin thing of my, my dad worked for British Airways and my mum's brother had married a Rhodesian. So all, these, all my summer holidays, all my school holidays, I went and, and spent on this tobacco farm in Zimbabwe right. where all my you know, mates were cycling around cul-de-sacs for the whole summer. So, yeah. <laughs> you broadened your horizons. Yeah. Did it, is that what got you into smoking and tobacco farms? <laughs> it possibly was, yeah. Yeah, I know my, my uncle said... grew for Benson and Hedges. And, he? Yeah, yeah, he was very proud. It's, it, your parent, your parents, it's like your parents caught you smoking and said, what we're going to do is send you to a tobacco farm. You have to eat all the tobacco until you... You will learn how it's produced. <laughs> oh, that's, well, that's interesting. And you, uh, there's some jobs you've had. Before we get, we'll get on to some uh, the, the careers career stuff later uh, you've been worked for pizza hut yeah i had a long career well yeah. two-year career two years hut. yeah yeah that's a long time yeah was that concurrent with being a doing early stand-up or was that it sort of crossed over i suppose yeah when i, I left school I, I didn't i tried to get into art college couldn't get in and just found myself a bit adrift and i uh, i worked as a as a waiter for two years Did you? 
Yeah. I used to love Pizza Hut. I went again quite recently with my family because then you have kids and you have to start going back to Pizza Hut. I haven't been now, for years. Because now I eat at Pizza Express. Yeah, well, yeah. So and, do I. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, not, it's not a very nice pizza. They get free salad. At Pizza Hut? Yeah. Still, yeah, yeah. but yeah, would you I, eat used, that? I used to prepare that salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you worked in a chicken factory? No, no. no. See, this... I, that's I, on I've, IMDb. That's a I've read that a few times. I think that came from... I, I had a, a string of temping jobs. And because I had literally no skills, I was given catering jobs. Okay. And I, I worked in a hospital kitchen one time. Yeah. And I think I related to a story to... Some, it was... Was it a hospital for chickens? That would be where the... Most, it was where the... like a dungeon. It was horrible. This... <laughs> <laughs> just, just gothic uh, hospital kitchen, and and there was these trays of chicken, like carcasses, all been, you know, just the, the remaining bits. And this guy was this sort of monster of a guy was scraping these uh, tins into a garbage disposal unit. And every now and again, he'd spot a juicy morsel. And, go, <laughs> and this was my my memory of this job. And I think that's where the chicken factory okay. came from. But I wasn't even aware that chickens were manufactured. <laughs> that's why I was, I was going to sort of... It could have been a rubber chicken factory. Oh, that would have been yeah, that would have been useful as a comedian. All the yeah, rubber, they must be made somewhere. Um, <laughs> so look, I well, there's lots to talk to you about. I've, I've been watching. I caught up quite late with Detectorists, and then watched it all in about three days. Yes, uh, and it's absolutely amazing. Thank you very much. It's really so good and very moving and uh, very funny. Uh, and uh, oh, well, you were saying we were about to talk back backstage, but uh, I'd said I, I imagined it would have been hard for you to get something like that onto telly, but you told me it was very easy. Yeah, uh, yeah, I said it's, all, <laughs> it's almost embarrassingly easy because it, you know it's supposed to be a long, hard struggle to get something made, and and I went in with this, yeah, what on paper doesn't you know read as a particularly great idea. This just a couple of guys whose passion is metal detecting, and and you know I was very specific about. It wasn't going to be a gag every few seconds. It yeah. was going to be space for it to breathe. But to his credit, Shane Allen at the BBC totally understood what, where I was coming from and, and nobody meddled. And so, yeah, sorry. No, well, it's good, but then, that's good to see because it gives, it gives you hope that that can happen. And also that's, you know, if, if, if more executives just trusted their initial decision to go, right. we're going to give this guy a go at doing something. Yeah. I mean, what's lovely about it, I think, is the obvious comedy route to go that many people go for... for nerdy characters is oh that we're going to make them idiots and we're going to laugh at them yes and there's a there's a degree where you know they're they're eccentric in their in their hobbies as anyone is but you're very sympathetic to the characters rather than yeah and it was you know it was always it was never meant to be a mickey take of of hobbyists it was supposed to be an affectionate look at them because you know i am a hobbyist and i've got loads of hobbies and collections and stuff and i find that stuff fascinating them and i was sure that other people did as well yeah but you didn't do. You are doing metal detecting now, but yeah. you but you weren't when you when you no. came up with it. No, I I saw an episode of Time Team with a couple of these guys on, and they were odd blokes, really strange, <laughs> really yeah, strange, secretive men. And it was a Time Team special, <laughs> and and yeah, they they'd got this site, this field where they were they were turning up lots of good stuff, and yeah. so they they made the film crew where blindfolds they wouldn't reveal where this and i just sort of thought yeah this is good because <laughs> um, i did a bit of archaeology when i was a student or just before i became a student my year off and uh, and there was 
the, the, the detectorists were kind of the enemy, really, of the archaeologists in all big world because they would come and yeah, you know, there was night night hawks night they're hawks. called, which I think you might <laughs> refer to. You, uh, which, but I, I like that in the show. There's the, the sort of the evil uh, metal detectorists uh, played by Simon Farnaby is fantastic, in, as uh, Simon yeah. and Garfunkel, isn't it? The, the, those two guys is fantastic. But they and then, well, I don't want to give some spoilers, but they. Oh, these are all massive they're, fans. They're they're all, they, yeah, turn, yeah. they turn out. It's, it's lovely that you kind of sort of make friends in the end with them because they're just bigger nerds than you, I suppose, and just uh, an evil in a in a way that is meaningless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, barely. <laughs> but, so, yeah, yeah, so I was, but I've, I've always had this desire because I was when I was a kid, I always loved digging stuff up. Uh, but then, and I've always kind of wanted to have a metal detector when I was a kid, and then I kind of thought I could do it now, couldn't I? Yeah, I'm allowed no, now. Absolutely, you have got a garden. Yeah, yeah. start there. Mm-hmm. Going to start there. What tip? I'm mainly just going to talk to you about metal detecting. Sure, okay. that's all right. Uh, could, I could get a magazine, but it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> what? What? What is the best metal detector to get? Well, it's, uh, it depends how much you want to shell out there, yeah. Richard. Because twenty quid. That's going to be a, you know, a Power Rangers one. The 24. <laughs> no, for about 100, 150, yeah. up to five grand, you know. How much did your one cost? I've got um, my one. <laughs> my, ex, my XP Deus is around yeah. about a thousand pound more. Wow. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you've gone in, it's like you've gone to a restaurant and chosen the third most expensive bottle <laughs> of wine. <laughs> <laughs> But you own a wood as well, so you know you've got that's 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 pretty cool. Do you go metal detecting in the woods? I have been. Yeah, yeah I found. Yeah, found, in fact, the first thing first I bought my me- first metal detector, Viking VK30. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> took it up the woods, and I, I literally just read through the instruction thing, put the batteries in, turned it on. The first signal I got was a Victorian silver sixpence. Right. It's as if somebody had planted it there to get me into the hobby. <laughs> but honestly, yeah. So so yeah, I've detected in my wood. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to buy a wood. Yes. What, 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 do, you, what do you do with the, the wood? Just yeah, go there and, and... You know there are just woods look around. lying around you can go and look in for free. Yeah, but this is mine. <laughs> this is... Do you have big fences up stopping people coming in or are people allowed to go in? <laughs> yeah, no, no, people are allowed to come in. Yeah, I didn't want to start... Uh, yeah stopping people coming in but it's yeah it's quite an isolated eight acres of woodland in Essex and it's just because I grew up in well I grew up in suburbia but just a short hop to the countryside but now I live in London and it was a sort of place to take my kids to hopefully nurture an appreciation of the natural world yeah and a, and a place where presumably you're kind of encouraging nature to yeah flourish. yeah absolutely yeah it's just it's a sort of conservation area yeah I like going I've, there's loads of woods near me now and I like going and getting wood out of them and then burning it do, you ah. do, that? do you fell trees? I don't. That? I you wait till things have fallen down because cool. it seems rude to actually yeah. cut. Yeah. It seems rude and a lot of work to cut them down. But I have got a little saw that I take with me to cut things up nice. to, into a more manageable amount. Oh, good, good. Yeah. It's good to get. Apparently, Mick Hucknall has got. Uh, <laughs> He's got a forest, no less. And guess what it's called? The Forest of Hucknall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently, that's true. You didn't have you named your have you named yours Crooksword. <laughs> <laughs> so look, well look, you're in this TV show called The Office, let's mention this. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought I would quite like to see the office slightly redone. Would you mind getting everyone together and start it again? I think you could do it 
I think Tim and Dawn are horrible and uh, that Gareth's nice. Ah, interesting. And they're bullies. And I think you wouldn't have to change much to make Gareth the kind of hero of it and them the nasty people in it. That's interesting, because they are much, quite, not, not quite mean to, to they're very Gareth. mean to yeah, him. Yeah. I mean, Tim is very... Tim from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen him in Black Panther? I mean, he, that is the most Tim from The Office in a... <laughs> that is like someone's seen this and gone, let's put Tim from The Office in Black Panther. Won't he stick out? No, I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right. Make him put on an American accent. That's, that's the thing. Uh... I think he's a very big bully, Gareth, and Gareth's nice. I don't know if Gareth's nice. He is, he's just trying to do his <clears> job. <throat> if you just have to tweak it very slightly, it's like it's filmed from their point of view, and if it was filmed from his point of view, it would be a different programme. And I say, a better, better uh, but it would have been more successful <laughs> if it had been called Gareth's The Office. Gareth's Gareth in The Office. Well, if only you were around at the time to have suggested it then, but... Would yeah. you be prepared to get everyone together to film it? Just the same think, scripts, but I'll just... I'll I don't know if it's it. up to me to get everyone back together. I don't like, know if, if I put out the call, point. hey, guys, I've decided <laughs> that we're doing The Office again. <laughs> if I can get you on board, then I can ring the others up. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. I'm on board. I'm on board. Um, and do you have that haircut when you got married? Yes. I, I mean, we just finished. we just finished filming the... The, the first series so yeah. I must have had I don't know tuzzled or you okay. know something but it whatever I product I put on it it all flopped down so yeah I'm very much Gareth in my wedding photos <laughs> how was your wife about that was she okay with that it was the happiest day of her life yeah because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I saw you being interviewed between the two series I was talk, we were talking backstage about this I saw you being interviewed by John Leslie yes I didn't see him on TV so much did you <laughs> happened to him and Fern Britain, who you don't see so much on TV, no, and you no. should, she's great. Uh, and hasn't done anything wrong as far as I know. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, you, you kind of had... You were quite cool and indie, and, and Tim from The Office was beside you. Was he being Tim from he The Office? He wasn't being Tim from The Office, that was the problem, really. Yeah. He was trying to be cool. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's, so, if, you'd, if you'd finished filming, you could have cut it a bit, couldn't you, to, to be different, so... It's like yeah. you wanted to be. I'm, I, you know, now I'm saying it out loud. I'm wondering whether it's even true. I mean, it's, it, might, it sounds like just a good story, but no. I mean, it was. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I should have put some tongs in it, perhaps. <laughs> it was quite a haircut. Yeah. And did, was that your was that your interpretation? I went to a I went to a hairdresser on Darby Street in Soho and and said to the guy, I, I need a wanker's haircut, <laughs> and, and he was really put out by it. I remember. <laughs> I thought it would be really funny and quirky and it would make his day, but he was like, I've been to college, you know, I've been... To... <laughs> I do good haircuts, not wankers. But, but you know, to his credit, he, he dished me out a good wanker's haircut. <laughs> it's almost like I'm going to show this guy <laughs> he's going to regret that for the rest of his life. Um, <laughs> so, um, what I like, we'll go back to the detectorist, because what I think is the real beauty of it is the depth of all the of all the characters so you, given that you've written it and you've directed a lot of it yeah no uh, it, it, it's you've shared it out a very fairly but but what i really like is the peripheral characters in it uh, like we we're saying simon and garfunkel but even the the smaller characters in the in the club 
the, the, you yeah. know, there's these lovely things happening almost in the background sometimes. And, and most of those parts were written for friends, people that I'd worked with before. So, right. so those sort of characters I could I wrote and came up with thinking about all these people, who do I want to get involved in this? Pierce is a great actor. So, you yeah. know, I could write the character of Russell for Pierce. So, so yeah, thank you. But, um, yeah, that's what that was all about. Yeah. Well, it's, but it's often not, you know, people don't go... And, and weirdly, I think maybe the American office did that as well. They really kind of went into the, those background characters in the office, which you probably didn't have... There wasn't so much time to concentrate on. Yeah. But, but, you know, you, if you create those characters that actually... You could pick out any of those characters from The Detectorist and do a whole episode about them at least. You know? Yeah, yeah, hopefully which you, so. You know, yeah. Um, it's, it's, that, it's that attention to detail, I suppose, which is why I, I guess why it won awards and stuff. <laughs> that's, my, that's why I'm guessing. <laughs> so when you started out, um, you did stand-up to begin with. Yeah, so character- Coming out of Pizza Hut, and you came yeah. to do characters. You did a teacher character. Yes. Was based on an actual teacher in your school, or teacher? Uh, yeah, a bunch of them. Yeah, my one main one. But his, yeah, the, the character I did was called Mr. Bagshaw. Who, which was the name of another teacher that I had, right. which was a really nice guy. And for some reason, I chose this nice guy's name to play this complete arsehole. And so I've always wondered why I did that. <laughs> he must be Mr. feeling Bagshaw dreadful. Again. No, no. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Mr. Bagshaw. He was a lovely man. But yeah, the, so I did that character. Yeah. yeah. And Charlie Cheese. Charlie Cheese. Which you did. Well, you were saying you did. You were doing interview. Did a big interview yeah. series with with him. When and wondered if you interviewed me because yes. you had so many people you can't remember who you interviewed. Which I have the same problem. <laughs> I think Tim from the office has been on this, hasn't he? No. I don't. Um, <laughs> well, someone from the office has been on here. It went. Oh no. It didn't, didn't go that well. Uh, so. <laughs> um, and so Charlie was Charlie Cheese was. Uh, yeah, so it was showbiz. It was the, the, you know the old uh, light entertainment has been character that so many people were doing at that time yeah. and doing better than me, <laughs> Lenny Beige and Bob Down and Count Arthur Strong, and for some reason I thought yeah I'll do one of them as well. <laughs> but you know I did it for quite a while and it you know I had some sort of take on on that character, um, but yeah it's a little bit. Cringy again. What another thing? You I weren't. Um, you didn't because I had. A, I had a memory that you'd done a show with Ricky, and you weren't in that show with Ricky and Steve, though. We that was you, you met. You met them through the audit when you auditioned. Right? Yeah, although I'd, I'd worked with Ricky on the eleven o'clock show, or I'd yeah. met him on the eleven o'clock okay. show. Um, but right. yeah, no, I went and auditioned to, for the office. Yeah, uh, but in Edinburgh, you didn't. You, you, were, you were doing those shows in Edinburgh. I remember yeah. you being up there in the nineties. Yeah, I did sort of four or five years yeah. doing doing my show. Then, became successful i've done 30 years of it i'm still waiting that's brilliant i love it and i and i've missed it since, sort of since you come back there. yeah yeah um yeah <laughs> nah nah you do mr bagshaw i'll do the teacher i did in vista fun and we'll do a sort of double act of teachers i uh, see i did this gig uh I, I did mr bagshaw a couple of years ago for it was a benefit for the batty art center and i got out all my old Mr. Bagshaw material and there was about 10 minutes of it which was usable. The rest of it, because it was, it was all based around that he was a bit of a paedophile and it was all <laughs> paedophile innuendo, which back then was hilarious. But, you know, <laughs> but people don't like it anymore. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was literally about 10 minutes worth of material that I could use. And, right. yeah. <laughs> um, and, well, look, I mean, what's amazing um, about... 
you, you, you forget, really. I was talking about this with Kathy Burke. Is a very similar person, character to you, I think, in the kind of polymath, but also very likable and down to earth. I think, uh, but also you've just done so many different things. So you've done proper Hollywood blockbuster movies. You've done loads of theatre. I saw you in Jerusalem, which is, must have been an amazing yeah. thing to be in. <clears throat> it was. That was just, uh, yeah, profound experience. Yeah, um, and so you, you, you're managing to. Transverse, traverse all these different uh, areas of show business. How, how did you find going? So, I mean, you've obviously done quite a few different films. Pirates of the Caribbean, which I've only seen the first one of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Which is Leave it there. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I'm just saving them up. I don't want to get through them all too quickly. Uh, but, but that must have been... In, in, I mean, it was an incredibly rapid rise once the, once the office sort of took off. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, there was 10 years of the, doing the stand-up and little bits and pieces on TV, but then the office came along and, and opened all the doors. And I think, yeah, I think I did the first Pirates in between the first two series of The Office. So Did-y. it was... Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, I can, I can trace it all back to there. And I've had all these opportunities to do loads of different stuff. Um, Straight after the office, I think there was a whole string of characters that were very similar to Gareth, very yeah. very territorial army sort of guys. But I sort of re- resisted those, and and happily so because yeah, I get a variety of work. Yeah, and did when you suddenly are in Pirates of the Caribbean, and you, presumably it's quite a different experience than working for the BBC. And certainly when the first office series, of The Office, must have been quite a low budget yeah, uh, yeah. affair. Is that did you? How did you cope with that change? Did you feel, did you, feel you fitted in uh, amongst the, all the Hollywood... Yeah, no, it was, it was very strange to go yeah. from... Yeah, I think I've, I've got a feeling the first series of The Office, like we, had, we took the train to work, you know, we made our own way to work. And then, yeah, to be flown out and suddenly I was on pirate boot camp learning how to shoot a cannon and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. But then, you know, I was a very small cog in this massive machine, and that didn't feel very satisfying. Doing the office, you knew it was a cottage industry. You knew you were making something special. I don't know. It's it's great. Um, I've I've had some amazing opportunities. Yeah, but you didn't you didn't do the last, or you you you, you left the Pirates of the Caribbean behind. Was that yeah? The, I did the first three, the, the first yeah. three, and then they've done two more since then. Which, okay. Yeah. And was that a deliberate decision? Did you feel that you wanted to move away from... Yeah, it was. It clashed. It clashed. I, I wouldn't have been able to do this most recent Pirates one. They, they sort of got in touch and asked about my availability, but it would have completely clashed with the second series of Detectorists, which, you know, I write and direct. I, yeah. There's no choice, really. And, and people imagine when you turn down a Pirates Caribbean movie, you're turning down millions and millions. I didn't turn down millions and millions. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> And are you friends with uh, Johnny Depp? I haven't seen Johnny for years. Um, I'd love to. If, if I saw him, I'm, I, I think we'd get on all right yeah. still, but I don't have his number. I haven't seen him, no. Did you, did you fall out over anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not, no, no. I, you I just moved on. Yeah. You moved on to other... And I wish people. he would. LAUGHTER <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'll ask you an emergency question. I've got a new one. It's nearly fitted in with something. I just thought. I quite often try Here these on the podcast. See, I pause it and see yeah. if I can answer. Nine uh, this I'm going to give you some new ones. Fuck all. Because this, 
this, this fits in a bit with what you were saying. When was the last time you travelled by coach? Like in a bus, like from a, co- from a bus station, not like a double-decker bus. Wow. Like a coach to get coach. from one city to the next. I haven't been in a coach for a long time. <laughs> long time. I used to go on gig, to, to gigs on coaches. Yeah. It's probably 20 years. I used to... Charlie Cheese... I had a wheel of cheese. That was, that was yeah, hilarious. This, but yeah, just a big prop of a, a wheel that I would spin, get contestants up okay. a game show. And I used to carry this fucking thing all around the country. It was huge. But yeah, I can remember shoving the wheel of cheese into the underside of a National Express. <laughs> but it's been, it was 20 years ago, I yeah. think, yeah. I was just walked through a bus station in Banbury when I was on tour. And yeah, some fans... <laughs> Just, it brought back, so there was so, when I was 18 or 19 or 20, I travelled everywhere by coach, and it, bus stations are just very evocative places. Uh, I've, I've, they're really horrible. But yeah, it's depressing, isn't it, yeah, travelling by scary. coach? I'm did you like, ever enjoy it? Like, no, I never did enjoy it, but like, it suddenly all came back, the smells, like, there was always weird people sort of hanging around, you felt slightly scared. Yeah, that feeling of not having much money. Yeah. I felt glad that I didn't um, didn't have to travel by coach anymore. No, no offence to anyone who does. Um, it's worth working hard. Is all I'm saying to escape to escape, to escape that. I mean, because you know trains are so much better, right? As we're about to find out tonight, as I walk home to Hertfordshire. Uh, how do you decide when it is time to retire a pair of pants? holes probably yeah but how big do the holes have to oh only little you know the yeah. where they start fraying the minute it's frayed they're gone not the minute no <laughs> <laughs> a yellowing no. I don't know I, I, so I'm trying to get through my old I've got <laughs> I've got um, you know I've got pants that are like a decade old that I'm really? trying to get through and they don't really they're baggy um, but I and I'm not wearing my newer pants because I don't want to spoil my new pants. Oh. I want to wear out the old pants. They're not wearing out fast enough. You should wear them more. Oh, well, more I, should. Trying, I wear them all day and I sleep in them now. I, never, I used to sleep bare, but now I've but, been married for six years. You get your pants on, haven't you, Dave? You know what it's like. Uh, you know, difficult, isn't it, to know when to retire them. Do you write a date on them when you got them? <laughs> no, so, you know. but I know I haven't bought like Calvin Klein boxer shorts since at least before I was married. So at least I've got loads of pairs of those, and they're all at least six years old. And I'd say some stretching back fifteen. It's <laughs> great, makes but, me You know, good. that's the difference. If you've been to Hollywood, you can go. Hey, I've only been wearing these pants six years, and I'm going <laughs> to chuck. They're not even broken. I'm going to chuck them out. That's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's what. Me. That's that's, the that's my lifestyle. <laughs> Um, uh, I I want to go to the book I'll go to the book have you ever seen a Bigfoot is the question I really wanted to ask you Um, no um, have I ever seen a Bigfoot have you ever seen a ghost I pretended I saw one for quite a few years for quite a few when I was a teenager (laughs) I was staying around it was a sleepover friend's house vicarage sort of prime location for a ghost I think I saw something out the corner of my eye. I looked around, it was nothing. I thought, I, I might just pretend I saw a ghost. <laughs> and I kept it out for quite a few years. 
<laughs> it was a bloke with a tray, a butler, an yeah. old butler. What, did you see him or not? No, I didn't. No, okay. I realise now. I told it so many times I started to convince myself that perhaps I had seen some ghostly figure, but I didn't. Well, imagine if it was a butler with a tray. That's quite a bad way to spend eternity, isn't it? He must be annoyed mm. that he, he died when he was carrying that tray. Thinking, Fuck, I, if only I'd put the tray down just before I died. I wouldn't have to carry it around with me all the time. That's the lot of the ghost, I'm yeah. afraid. And, well, I, and I was doing a gig in... Um, uh, St Albans I've been to all the places all the big places and there was a picture of uh, Morecambe and Wise on the wall in the dressing room in the dressing room that I was in and it was from 1977 but the dressing room was basically the same dressing room uh, and you, it's kind of odd to see those people and know that they were you know every dressing room we go in must have had all these people in them but it's kind of odd to see yeah, and kind yeah. of a lovely little you know, and they were 50 years old at that time, as I am as well. Oh, so wow. it's sort of a, it was a weird thing. But you live in um, a house that Peter Sellers once lived yes. in. Yes. Do, do you have that sort of feeling of I, the baton passing through yeah. comedy time? Oh, I don't know about that, but I do love that. Uh, I mean, me and my wife went to see this house and looked around it, decided it was our ideal house that we wanted to live in. And then the bombshell, as we, you know, we didn't realise at the time, and then they said uh, it used to belong to Peter Sellers. I was... I got to live here. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't believe in ghosts. I haven't felt his presence or anything, but there's a stain on the floor where I know that uh, uh, some photograph... Because I spoke to his son, Michael Sellers, oh, yeah. and, uh, and asked if he had any memories of the house, and he said that his dad always had the kitchen uh, converted into a dark room, and there was chemicals everywhere, and there's a particular stain from these dark room chemicals, and there's a beech tree at the end of my garden that he apparently planted in the 50s and it casts a shadow over all the neighbours gardens they all hate it <laughs> I, it's like him pissing off the neighbours from beyond the grave I like, I like that but I've never seen him no I wasn't thinking he would literally be haunting you but that would be that would be something it'd be quite if you, if you were Peter Sellers and you died and you could come back as a ghost you would though wouldn't you that's the thing, because you could carry yeah, on entertaining people from as a ghost. You could do really funny things as a ghost. Yeah, but you'd pick other people that you'd come across rather than me in your old house. You'd be Prince... No, I don't know. I going to say Princess Margaret, but she's... Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. Can your ghost haunt another ghost? I mean, that is, it's a philosophical question. Stick it in your book. <laughs> <laughs> You've worked uh, with a lot of people. You've worked with the Muppets... I never met a single Muppet. What? I didn't even see one. I, I turned up and my, my scene was with Toby Jones and no Muppets. There was and a no couple didn't, went, The other Muppets didn't even turn up just no, to no. see how the filming went. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, serendipity, that's when I popped the question to Toby Jones about Detectorists. <laughs> oh, was and, it? Yeah, yeah. So. If you had to have sex with one of the Muppets, yeah. which one would you have sex with? There was a member of the band. Yeah. member of the band with straight blonde hair. Janice. Janice. My choice too. That's. Would you like to? That's who. That's who you mentioned. No, no, that was that's Vanilla. That's a different one. Oh, okay. Do you want to double team Dan, Janice? If we get the chance. There's a guy down there, isn't there? Well. Okay. You've got to sure. You've got to suspend your disbelief a bit. One of the chickens are quite nice. Yeah. They're <laughs> quite cute. And you were with uh, you with, worked with Al Pacino. 
Yes. In Merchant of Venice? Yeah, he shouted at me once. Did he? What, yeah, why? He proper, properly angrily shouted at me. What did you do? I, it was, we were rehearsing. It was in The Merchant of Venice, um, a, a film version of The Merchant of Venice, and we went to New York to rehearse it, and um, I was playing Lancelot Gobbo, who is uh, Shylock's jester. And so he was doing a scene, and I was being a jester in the back of it, and I was fucking about, as jesters famously do. Yeah. In character, though, I was thinking I was tossing my hat up, and I was sort of juggling with my hat, catching it, whatever. And he just turned around and saw me doing this. He was doing the speech, and then he t- didn't speak to me, but turned to the other people in the room and said, "What is he doing? <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? What the?" Heck? And and everyone just went. And so I had to sort of step forward and say, <clears throat> I, was, it was like, I was thought my character would be tossing his hat around. And as soon as he realised that I wasn't actually just fucking about, that I was thinking about what I was doing, it was fine. But for a, for a moment there, it was a horrible... <laughs> Al Pacino's really fucking angry at me. And, yeah. That's not what you want. I saw him do... I went to see that film at the at BAFTA and there was a question and answer session afterwards. And I really wanted to ask him, who do you think would win in a fight, Shylock or Scarface? <laughs> I was too... It's one of the great oh, regrets of my life. So I... He'd have loved that question. <laughs> or he would have shouted at you. Yeah, <laughs> it was partly because the first guy who asked the question went, uh, obviously, Al Pacino, you are the greatest film actor of your generation. It, it, was, it was what the guy... You're meant to be asking questions, mate, not giving... <laughs> Fucking licking the bloke's ass. Just ask your question and move on. I just thought, yeah, they asked really pretentious questions. And I just thought... But I was with my girlfriend at the time who was a member of BAFTA and I thought, oh. you know, I'll get her into trouble if I... If I you know, who brought the guy who asked whether it's Shylock or Scarf? That's not what we ask at BAFTA. <laughs> and I've never... Actually, I mean, I know, I've never... I, I, I judged one of the BAFTA awards once. You're not, you're not allowed to talk about it. What category? Uh, it was Best uh, Entertainment and uh, Jonathan Ross won but only because everything was shit. Uh, uh, and you built, you've built a... But you, you're, you're quite handy, aren't you? You're artistic. Yeah. And you're quite handy. I, I make stuff. My dad always made stuff, was able to make anything, you know... Uh, yeah. And you made a Buddhist pagoda? Just a little miniature thing. Oh, uh, yeah. It's going to be like it. No, no. So it's, uh, we went on holiday, honeymoon to Thailand, and, you know, outside the restaurants in, in, in Thailand, they have these little miniature... Shrines, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. So I made one for my wife. Not one of those up. Not one of those up. Easy. Pretty good. Because and you, you, but you did lot. You did lots of. You didn't went to art college. No, no. I tried to get into art right. college. I, 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 I draw. I draw pictures. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm so bad at that kind of stuff. I kind of have a lot of admiration. I just waste my time, you know, playing uh, video games on my phone. Not even good ones. <laughs> and you're out there, kind of carving. Not all the time. Getting things from your wood yeah. finding a nice piece of wood from yeah. your wood and Constant. taking it home turning it into a finding what's within it <laughs> <laughs> just I, f- I waste a lot of time do you feel like you waste a lot of time I waste an awful yeah so much time but you're so prolific no I was looking I know, at I'm what the laziest man in the world I know you like produce three podcasts a day I know but it's just all rubbish bullshit and muppet you've had, <laughs> ever had sex with a muppet anyone could do that it's not it doesn't take any skill does it Yes. <laughs> you can ride a tube, which might prove quite useful this evening. Uh, yeah. You know how to ride a tube. And I've saw, I saw you talking about it with, to Jonathan Ross, and you were saying it was easy. Yeah. 
But I was on a tube. This has never happened to me before, but I was on a tube the other day, I think on the way back from this last week, and the guy overshot a little bit, and then he can't, he can't go backwards, I don't think. No, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had to go. He just said, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry if you had to get off oh, at Covent really? Garden. We're going on to the next station. It's funny. So it's, so it's tricky. How do you learn, how do you stop in the right place? Well, I, it was never a problem for me. I, I did this for a, for a film part, so I, did it, I pulled into East Finchley Station three times, and it was fine. But then, yeah, you're, I went on Jonathan Ross' show, and I said, yeah, you, you push it forward to go forward, you let go of it to stop, and then there's a button on the... It says windscreen wipers, but I never got to find out what that did. <laughs> and then, like, three years after that interview, I swear I was standing at a tube station, I was, and it was one of those stops where the, the drivers change. And, he'd see, and I got on and sat there, and I was waiting for a bit, and the dri- this driver came up and he went, fucking easy driving a tube, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was gone, and I was just like... <laughs> and for three years he's been holding on to that... <laughs> But he didn't give me a chance to say, yes, <laughs> mate, it is. Let me, I mean, let know, me go, I'll show you how easy it is. Thing, yeah, the thing is... He went, you can overshoot. Did you know you can overshoot? And then Apple's, you can't go back. <laughs> you have to go all the way around. But it's necessarily easy because, you know, they're fully laden, these trains hold a thousand people. So, you know, I wasn't... T- yeah, anyway. <laughs> this guy, it was funny. That was for a film. That was good. I never saw that film. Three and out. Three and out. Yeah. So the premise of that was if you kill three people in a tube train, you get to retire. Yeah, that was the. the Is that uh, true? Though? No. See, that was the urban myth that, that my character's workmates right. were saying. So two people fell under his train, and then he decided if I get the third one, I get to retire. So he goes and finds out, find, finds someone who who wants to kill himself. <laughs> and I, I thought that was a great premise. <laughs> It's quite a good sort of single line premise, but oh, I don't know, bad taste maybe. It was, it's, a li- it's a little bit bad taste, but that's that's fine. Not going to have a go at that. That's you know, I've occasionally uh, had bad taste. There is a um, there's a there's a figure of you've got your own figure. Yeah, my my Pirates of the Caribbean action figure. Yeah, yeah. And you collected Star Wars figures when you were a kid. Is that I, true? Or I had them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I had. It. Is it weird seeing yourself as a uh, a it was my greatest day, I think. It was, it, I, yeah, to see myself in a blister pack. Have you not got one at home to you play with? Yeah, there's one. There's, <laughs> there's one in the two. You know, my kids have got. I did find myself in a in a um, entanglement with Barbie one because I've got a small one, <laughs> right. but then I've got a sort of a six inch one as well. Okay, action figure. We're still yeah. talking about. And, right, and I found myself in a clinch with Barbie once on the side of the bath. Right, and it made me feel really strange. <laughs> see myself there if I had an action figure of myself I'd get loads of them and just have them all around the house yeah yeah <laughs> I'd pretend I was like a, a giant who'd gone to like a country where it was all of me I have seen no. also the sad sight of a rack a whole rack of my action <laughs> figures in the, in the shop that they can't shift no no Captain Jack ones just Rigetti <laughs> oh yes Rigetti <laughs> I'm sure lots of kids would be delighted to have that, that toy for free. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you another emergency question. I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. That's the problem. Um, so I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in blind. We'll see how it goes. 
What is the strangest thing you've ever found in your junk email? Um, Do you look in your junk? I, I get so little spam. I get like an email a day and something in my spam folder once every fortnight. Okay. Yeah. So nothing. Nothing. That's right. Oh, shit. <laughs> this one. This one will work out. Yeah. This, this, this is going to make. Cumberbatch and Hiddleston. Do you have a favourite plate? Yeah. Yeah. Which what, what is it? What is it of? Well, I've got my cereal bowl from when I was a kid. Bunny, Have you? Bunnykin's bowl, Mr. Piggly's stores. It's a pig in a store serving some bunny rabbits. Behind him on the shelf is a big <laughs> rack of ham. <laughs> and I noticed that when I was five. I was like, Mummy, where does ham come? It comes from pigs, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I don't use it anymore, but. Um, that's good. That's a favourite plate, isn't it? That's nice, yeah. That's good. But it's a bowl, technically, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow it uh, on this. Uh, that's, the same. That's, that's just the same question about pants, but about mugs, so I'm not going to... I will ask you, how cracked slash broken does a mug have to be before you throw it away? Yeah, you can hear. If you, like... Yeah. And it's got that... that yeah, that goes. Okay. I keep mine for quite a long time. Like the pants. Really? Yeah, they have to be really... But not on the handle, because then it could fall well, off. Well, I find you can still use the ones without the handles for a different... I, you know, I used one for a long time, which didn't have a handle to measure my porridge milk out with. Oh, right. Uh, but I had to stop using it because uh, someone I made porridge for came back and said, there's bits of cup in my... <laughs> Classy. <laughs> um, oh, I'm not asking you that. Uh, that's, these, for, a lot of these are just childish, Mackenzie. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what is the most public place you've ever given or received oral sex? Imagine the one that I turned down. I quite like the one. Yes, that wasn't. My, that was a very adult question compared to what you were saying. <laughs> no, no answer no, for that no one. I'm, I'm, no, I'm sorry. No. Okay. I'll get you, I'll get you, I'll get you eventually. <laughs> um, I had uh, Johnny Vegas on, on the podcast. He's a lovely man. He is very nice. And you work with him on Sex Lives of the Potato Men. Yes. And again, just recently, actually, just oh, last year on a, on a comedy horror. But yeah, Sex Lives of the Potato Men. What happened with that? Because that got, was, I think, possibly unfairly <clears throat> chastised, didn't it? Yeah, it was, it I mean, it was a brilliant them. script. It was a really funny script. And that's why everyone got involved. Mark Gatiss and Lucy Davis. And there were some good people in there. And it was a really funny script. Somewhere between the script and it coming out, it became shit. <laughs> <laughs> Although, it's not, it's not as shit as... I mean, because it, it made the news. I was on the news. <laughs> And I remember, you know, my face on that, that picture behind Moira Stewart's head as they, as they talked about the disgrace that was this film. Um, because it was lottery-funded. Right. But I sort of predicted at the time that it would... Oh, it's the cab driver's favourite. I can't get into a cab in London without them mentioning um, right. Sex Lives of the Potato Men. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, though, isn't it? I mean, it's just, I, mean it, I think people think... You know, you, you'll make, you, you make choices about what you're going to do and people think, well, you've chosen this thing and it turned out not to do that well. But when you're choosing, you don't, you know, you get a script and it can change or the casting changes it or just something like that. You know, it just, it just felt like everyone decided they want to give it a kicking 
for, uh, yeah. you know, without without really any reason. I don't think any. I don't think that many people actually saw it. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it for years. <laughs> but uh, well, there was it was there was the girl from um, uh, uh, Hunger Games. That late that that actress, you know, that young actress. They, Jennifer they, Florence. Yes, she's she was been she's very popular, and then she did this thing at the Baftas where. Uh, she was cheeky to Joanna Lumley, and it was right. clearly a joke. And then everyone's gone, oh, when she's when she's done jokes in the past, it's all been, oh, isn't she charming? Falling over and she's fun. And then now everyone's sort of having a go at her. It's just like they've decided, yeah, we're going to have a go now because we we built you up, and now we're going to knock you down. You think there's an element of that with with, with sex artists? Well, with that, well, with any with any of the. I mean, not that it's like I'm not saying it was a point where it was as popular and sexy as Jennifer Lawrence and. Someone took a photo of it without his clothes on and put it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was just a bit shit. Okay. <laughs> well, well, it's fine. We won't, we won't uh, dwell on it then. I wrote a, a sitcom about, uh, about uh, archaeologists. It was called Excavating Rita. It's brilliant. Yeah. It was a play as well. Couldn't get it, couldn't get it on. No? No. It's all gone a bit Stephen Merchant, isn't it? <laughs> no, you, yeah, I don't think, you're, don't think you're angry with me yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Britannia. Yeah. Now, you've had to shake... Your hair's grown back, so it was somewhat... I hope. It was a, yeah, just a year ago last uh, So this Christmas. is um, Jez Butterworth as well, is it? Yes. You write this? Uh, again, I haven't seen this, but they've seen the, the makeup you had. It was fairly extreme. Yeah. So you had to have your head shaved. I shaved my head just because it would have, it saved an hour every morning. It was a it was a four three and a half four hour makeup every day to to play that character. Yeah. And how long did you how how many was it a long job or was it? Uh, uh, well, thirty thirty times I did that. Right. Um, yeah, over the you know stretched over a few months. Yeah, but well, you can see online there's a sort of speeded up version yeah. of you getting all the prosthetics put on and everything. But it was great. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And so the character is a sort of the oldest man in the universe or something. The second man. I right. think he's the second man. Yeah, he's 10,000 years old uh, and he's sort of the head of the druids. And it's all set in um, Roman times. It's supposed to be set around the, <clears throat> around the time of the second Roman invasion okay. in AD 43. And yeah, I mean, it takes the, the truth and chucks it out the window, really. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a drama. It's a fiction. <clears throat> sure. Oh, yeah, well, you know, you're 10,000 years old. Yeah, exactly. That probably wasn't Doesn't true. make sense, does it? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but you, was, you had your head shaved and your daughter didn't like it. And you, yeah. Did you not told your mum about it? I hadn't told my mum. I was wearing a beanie. And I just, because it was such a thing to shave my head that I thought I told everyone that I'd ever met. <laughs> and I assumed that I told my mum. But I turned up with a beanie and whipped it off and she yelped and <laughs> just assumed that I was undergoing some invasive therapy. <laughs> And yeah, it was a horrible moment. Yeah, but you've always said you've got good hair. Thank you very much. So yeah. you have noticed. Oh, yeah, that. that's that's all I got. It's good. But uh, is that was that weird? Had you ever been? Had you ever shaved all your head off? Before? No, but it was, I always thought that I would have to do it at some point. Actors have to do that, yeah. don't they? And so it was this rite of passage. But it's a strange thing. Have you ever had a shaved? Head? Oh, I did when I was at university. I had a skinhead for a play. Did you? Right. Yeah, but I kind of I decided to do it because I wanted to see what it was like. Really, it was a, quite a small part. I was playing in yeah. some little play. It dominates your life. It's really it strange. Well, yeah. I Funny mean, enough, I went to um, I had the skinhead, and I went to uh, Pizza Hut in 
in Oxford. I don't know if you ever went there. And you mm, probably, probably I think I went to the Pizza Express. <laughs> yeah, you know. no. I was still going to Pizza Hut at the time, and I was very excited. I went with my flatmate. Uh, it was Friday night, and I, we got stood at the door, and they said, uh, came out, they said, uh, we've run out of pizza bases. I remember having to say that. <laughs> I haven't thought of that for a long time. <laughs> Is that what you had to do when you wanted to, didn't want someone to come in? Oh, I see. No, no. Sometimes you Sometimes genuinely you did. did. <laughs> Oh, on see. a Friday night, it seemed very unlike to me that they would run mm, out on a Friday night. And we went and had curry across the road, and there seemed to be people still going into the pizza hut. So they might, we have run out of pizza bases. Oh, we love the salad. We're, we're, just, we're all coming just for the salad. So that's, that's what happened to me when I was bald. See, my son, the, my son started touching my head. Like, he found it fascinating to just touch my head and it became such a sort of second nature thing for him to just come up and touch my head. He found himself behind this kid in his lunch queue at school <laughs> with a sh- you know, very sh- close shaved head and he went up and he's just about to touch this kid's head and he realised what he was doing. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, good. We'll, uh, I will uh, check that. Is it on, is it on uh, DVD, Britannia? So it's on Sky, I think, it's on at now. the moment. Yeah, it's, it's around. Yeah, it's on the internet. <laughs> For free? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I reckon you can find it. You can find most things uh, on the internet these days. That's, uh, that's what I've discovered. Not a man who fell in love with a traffic cone, though. Can you not? No, I had a look. It's, no. Someone will find it. It's on the dark net. <laughs> it's, it's where it belongs. <laughs> We were talking about stage about that kind of the serendipity of getting that part right in the in the office and that and I've I've talked to this about a few people having given uh, auditions and done auditions um, that just it was you 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 were down to like two there was two people it was down to yeah and so if you think if you hadn't got it if the other guy had got it do you do you think you would have carried on do you think it would I I mean it's hard to know all the time because I can sort of trace it all back to that one job really since the office I've not really been out of work for for great periods of time and so yeah I thought about that a lot if it came down to this other guy who I know now I know the other guy that was up for the part of Gareth I don't know who knows what would have happened would I have carried on would another lovely lucky break have come along or would I have yeah I don't know it's, it's such, but it's such a bit, and again, because when I did my last TV thing um, 10 years ago, uh, you know, there was the, part, the main actress part, and it came down to two people, and we just, we, there was three of us making the decision, so we just went with the one that two of us thought it should right. be. But you just sort of think, if, and it didn't go on to be a, a, career, a career-defining role, but just that, that kind of, the randomness of that decision where basically any of us would have been happy with either person. I, 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 it's, it's hard to imagine, because I think the, you were saying the character of Gareth was going to be more macho and more of an army guy. That's, that's how and I so, understand they wrote it. They imagined it, him, yeah, as this uh, you know, big bravado macho guy. Yeah, so, but making, them making that decision could actually have been the thing that made the office successful. Right. Me? Because, you know, if it, if, it, if it were in a different character... Sure, the yeah, character, yeah. I, I don't know, I'm joking aside, I think that character is the, uh, right at the heart of it. Obviously, is Ricky's the, 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 the big kind of comic turn of it, but the, the kind of heart of, the, of that sitcom is in, in that little triumvirate in the middle, and Gareth's a very important part of that, isn't he? Yeah. And so if they'd gone that other way... Do you watch the American Office and think how much have I influenced 
the the Dwight character. No, I don't. I've seen probably the first two episodes of that, yeah. and I haven't seen any more. Not because I avoided it or I've got a problem with it, but I just I, I never. Uh, I did have a problem with it at the, at the beginning. Right. I just couldn't understand how this show that we made that I was so proud of, that was so well received couldn't be understood by Americans where we, you know, lapped up all of their comedies. Now, of course, I understand that they just took it and made it something different and, and it well, ran in, and ran. And, in and the end, they did. But, yeah. they, but if you've only watched the first, even if you just watched the first series, I could understand why you would go, why, yeah. why do it? Because they actually then, they take it and turn it into something different. Yeah. But, but what's interesting, again, and it's pretty interesting with Detectress, which you've, you've decided to knock on the head after three series, which yeah. is one more than a lot of people decide to go for in the UK. But in the UK, we've got this idea that you do two series and then stop it. Yeah. But, you know, but that's what's interesting about them. the American, even the American versions of those sitcoms, is that they make them work. And I think the American office probably works for, you know, seven of the however many seasons it, it did. Not really the first one, but then it takes, sort of takes off and then it peters out a bit again at the end. And you watched all I've of watched them. it all, yeah. Have you? Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> which, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I, but see, I, but I, the, I, as a writer, I think, you know, I, I, whilst I completely understand why you've stopped the detectress, uh, and 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 you possibly are correct in 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 doing that for various reasons. I think the characters in it are strong enough to to take on and, and do more and more with them. And what's nice about it is. You know, you could you could do a whole episode of the Tetris was just the two of you talking on a field and not do anything else, and it would that would be still be a fantastic episode. You know, so you can you can do so much with it. That I, do you think there's a lack of ambition amongst English UK produced sitcoms, or do you think that? I mean, I ha- I had to. The decision to do a third series was quite hard because yeah, there's that thing of well, I've done two series, they've gone down all right. I'm gonna. F- leave it there and not spoil my chances but, but I knew there was more that I wanted to do and um, just the, the nature of Detectorists that it's so nothing much happens they, they're looking for stuff, they don't really find stuff very often, I just think that could get boring if, it, if, it, if I carried it on and on and on I think there's a finite amount of series that I can do and that's three I've decided um, Yeah, just because of the nature of what it's about yeah maybe but I mean, this is complimentary because I think it's brilliant. So I, so I, I do sort of agree with you. I mean, I was saying the thing that actually pissed Stephen off, Merchant off a bit, which is why I'm... <laughs> is that I think extras could have gone on for a long time. Being about the extras. Being when, yeah, if they yeah. stayed as being extras. And maybe with uh, detectorists, the minute they found a couple of big things, then yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And they found a couple of big things, right, in, in the series. But if they never found anything... <laughs> And if I thought about that at the beginning, I, I honestly never planned for the second series and then for the third. Yeah. And yeah, so, so well, I the first finished. series is very much miss out and don't yeah, find anything. Yeah. Without giving too much away. No, they love everything it. away. Uh, second series, <laughs> find something third. And you know, it's, lo- it's lovely because of the symbolism of things buried beneath the earth, things above the earth. There's, it's very clever and poetic and beautiful. Uh, and, I, and I think that does make sense to stop it there. But I think, you know, you could. I think those characters are, are strong enough, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it is a compliment, but, it's, but it, I, 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 I just can't find it slightly fascinating that... And I think it's because in the UK we write things generally 
one or two people write them. Yes. So it's very, and I wrote uh, 22, uh, 22 episodes that come in a year, and it's quite on, on my, in an English way with yeah. me and one or two other people, and it's, that's very difficult because in America they of give course, writers yeah, yeah. lots of money and have lots of writers, and, and everyone works very hard on doing those things. But that's, it just feels to me like, because John Cleese did two series of Faulty Towers, that that's, the, that's what's been decided. I'm sure it all stems back to that. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the, what you're aiming for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, just, I would like to... I, I, I think the, the good UK writers, the good UK sitcom writers, are, are you know, easily as good as those American ones. And it's a di- it is a different thing. That six-episode series is a is a very different beast than those long, long 22 episodes. Do you find that frustrating in the shorter, the shorter series? I, well, I just think... I, just, I, I find it frustrating as a writer, I think, and, and as a viewer a little bit, when you see what can be done. When you see things like, actually, Parks and Recreation, which, again, sort of comes out... is sort of The Office as well. Right. And certainly it's done by the same people as did The American Office and uses a lot of the same tropes. The first series of that is really bad. And then... But then the rest of them are amazing. So if that show had been made in the UK, it wouldn't have got right, second okay. series. Yeah. Um, they stuck with them partly because of what their track record, but also they kind of you you find your your way through with things. I think a little bit more by by allowing people. You? And you've done eight, what, eighteen episodes or nineteen twenty episodes of Tetris. Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. 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 So I mean that's a. That, that's an American series. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> One series. <laughs> and, uh, but then it's, it's, someone's stuck with you to do that. It's like Inside Number Nine, which I know sort of, you're a fan of as well, but they've, the BBC have stuck with that and let them go mm-hmm. on, get on with it, and it was always good from the start, but this last series of, that they did was exceptional. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and that's, I just think it takes a little while to usually for people to find their feet yeah. with stuff. And it'd be not, you know, I don't know what you do about it, because... You, you lose the Britishness of getting ten people into right... If ten people were in the detectress, it wouldn't be as good. But if you work really hard, yeah. you could write another 20. <laughs> I'll help, I'll help you. I've got some... I can, there can be some archaeologists coming. <laughs> um, but it's, if you haven't seen the detectress, which I'm assuming you all have, um, you at home, do, do watch it. The first two series on Netflix... Will the third series be on Netflix as well? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it will be. If it's not <coughs> and it's on BBC. Well, it might not be on BBC iPlayer now, but it's uh, it's uh, yeah. There's enough to keep you going. I quite that, I quite like that Netflix. I've caught up on a few things that I've missed out on on Netflix. Yeah, and gone back to. I watched Plebs. Have you not seen that? No, not seen it's it. All right. I don't watch anything. Don't ask me. Do you not watch things? I don't. Oh no. <laughs> I Very. Know, I've, I've seen. I mean, Game of Thrones. I've not seen an episode. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I find Game of Thrones. I'm really. I've watched Game of Thrones. I've seen every single episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I can't remember half of the characters. I can't remember what you did in it. No, and I've seen it. And yeah. I can't remember. And you were in like the third series. Yeah. And I was really six episodes. Yeah, six third episodes. Series. But I can't remember any of the names of any of the characters, the main characters. No, don't ask. They, they asked me to go on the, the sort of sister show, the one that yeah. was broadcast. And I said, I, I, no, <laughs> I'd love to come on, but I've, I couldn't tell you anything about Game of Thrones. But do you think that makes, do you think that's what makes the detectorist so individual and is that you're not influenced by other things? Or I mean, you really Maybe. I, I mean, I'm not proud of the fact that I don't watch all this stuff. <laughs> well, you should be proud. It's I, a waste of yeah, time. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. <laughs> You're making things out of wood and, and drawing, <laughs> raising two children. 
<laughs> well, look, it's, uh, it's been absolutely <laughs> lovely to talk to you. Sorry I've been so useless, but I will forgive myself. Uh, and uh, that's what's important. And it, I'm a, a huge fan. Please, I hope you'll write something else. Yes. No, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's an absolute honour to have you on. Ladies and gentlemen, Mackenzie Crook. <laughs> been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Mackenzie Crook. Uh, the music is by Pess. Um, what else? The, the, we do it at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thanks to everyone who lets us do that. We do it through Go Fast Strike. Thanks to all the gang who come up and film it. And to Chris Evans, not that one. Uh, we do it via British Comedy Guide. Thanks to Ian, British Comedy. Uh, and uh, Orange Mark, of course. The producer who I'm indebted to is Ben Walker. Is a Sky Potato Fuzz on GoFastTheStripe.com production. Come and see me on tourishchain.com slash kids. Thank you very much. Goodbye. I'm in Canterbury as well and the week after. I forgot to say it at the beginning.